Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein, A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E-N-C-E-L-A-D-U-S-Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. It's funny, you know, the kind of stuff that pops into your head when you're trying to work. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. All right, MacGyver. Why don't you find a clever way out of this? With your host, Pete. <laughs> Murdoch. And Greg. What's the matter, MacGyver? You don't look happy to see me. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Now I can hunt you with a clear conscience, MacGyver, but be warned. You're a target, and I don't intend to miss. Keep your head down, MacGyver! And yes, we are back for another fantabulous episode of Hindsight is 2020. Mmm. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> we are now uh, going to go into the world of... MacGyver and MacGyver, and uh, we're going to take a different approach to this one. Instead of delving into a full descriptive story of how MacGyver should be redone on television, now we uh, we kind of jointly realized that this is not that great of a show to <laughs> want to reboot. <laughs> so what we're going to do instead is that uh, we got ourselves a, a, a copied from television copy of the uh, show. And we're just going to go through one episode, which we found to be completely hilarious and a perfect representation <laughs> of the silliness that is MacGyver, which ran forever. Uh, 1985 to 1992. Oh, man. ABC was really just dragging stuff out in the day. <laughs> oh, this thing was a cash cow for them. This was a hit. Yes. But, but. But was it a logical hit? No. <laughs> it, was, it was more of a... There's a, a poor man's adventure. A poor man James Bond. There's <laughs> a very small germ of an idea that they milked for seven years somehow. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. So, uh, get, the, and do we Do we currently have any shows that you can think of that are MacGyver-esque in just a very kind of flimsy setup? That has made it today? I don't think this could survive today. Oh, I don't think it could either. But I was just curious if you could, off the top of your head, think of any examples of anything that's out there on the air right now that... The only thing I could think of... is a very basic setup. The only thing I could think of is probably there's got to be some show on the lineup that's on CBS currently that I don't watch anything of. Mm. There's got to be a show in there where somebody had a really simple, silly idea, and it turned into, wow, that show's still on the air. 
<laughs> on Friday nights on CBS. It's an hour long Tom Selleck something or another. Yeah. So yeah, I, CBS does seem like a likely candidate to have something like that because ABC is all about their uh, big drama shows these days, their hour long drama shows these days. And I don't know what NBC's got. <laughs> There's attempts at sitcoms and whatnot, and Law and Order spinoffs, and the uh, and and dancing and singing shows. And Fox is all about American Idol and some other form of fringe type spinoff with their gunmetal blue filters over their cameras so that every new show looks the same. <laughs> but I don't think there is a modern-day MacGyver, that, at least that I've seen. I think it's got to be something on CBS, if, if anything. Yeah. So what... Did, uh, did, you, uh, did you watch this back in the day? Did you watch this show? Oh, of course. My brother was a huge fan of it, but I, I did watch it all the time, and... You know, it's funny when, funny that the name of our show is Hindsight, but there's something funny about the way I remember certain things in my life from a different perspective. And there's sometimes where I look back at myself at the age that I was watching something like MacGyver, and I think about it now, and I think, what were you thinking, <laughs> liking this? But I honestly... Being very honest with myself, I look back and think back to myself at, at that age, early teenager, watching MacGyver, and it's almost like I can imagine myself at that age without prompting from future me, thinking, it's okay, but there's something missing here. Like, I almost remember having those thoughts at the time. Like, there should be more to this show than there is, and I, I'm missing it, so... I feel like this show was an attempt to kind of jump on the bandwagon of Indiana Jones a little bit. That's possible. It's interesting to think, where did this idea come from? <laughs> that's that's the best I can do with it, but yeah. Has somebody met someone somewhere who had a science degree and decided, hey, let's have a agent of some sort be a scientist or hey, you know what why don't you tell us tell us mm. exactly what this show was supposedly about well I'll let imdb do it for us but uh here's the uh the synopsis they've got for uh readers angus macgyver is a secret agent with a difference he's a quiet mild-mannered deeply principled and refuses to carry a gun on his missions fortunately the last detail is unimportant when compared to his astounding mind Drawing on a vast practical knowledge of science, MacGyver is able to make use of any mundane materials around him to create unorthodox solutions to any problems he faces. The enemies of the world peace and justice continually learn that underestimating this man is a fatal mistake for their plans. So let's stretch that out for almost a decade on <laughs> network television. <laughs> yeah, if you're unfamiliar with the show, this character works for this very um vague. ambiguous vague uh group called the phoenix foundation <laughs> <laughs> the job interview for this must have been awesome because uh, <laughs> i like their mission is just do good stuff that's that's basically the mission of the phoenix foundation and for some reason macgyver was always running to people who didn't want him doing good stuff well wikipedia has it a little bit more they say the show follows secret agent Angus MacGyver, 
who works as a troubleshooter for the fictional Phoenix Foundation in Los Angeles and as an agent for a fictional United States government agency, the Department of External Services. Uh, could you be <laughs> any more generic and useless? And then, uh, you know, not having seen the whole show since its original run 20-some-odd years ago, I look at this Wikipedia description of the character of MacGyver, and I don't recall any of that ever. And if they <laughs> talked about it, it was so superficial that it flew right over my head as a, as a you know, 13-year-old. But it says, educated as a scientist, MacGyver served as a bomb team technician during the Vietnam War. I'm sorry, I don't remember any of that. (laughs) (laughs) That does not ring any bell at all, and I don't think that ever touched on it. Well, no, I take that back. I think uh, the the happy-go-lucky character of Jack, who we've we've hindsighted before on Quantum Leap, Bruce McGill from Animal House, he he was his crazy, wacky buddy. So that's, I guess, looking back on it now, putting two and two together, I guess he was probably like his crazy, wacky bomber pilot guy from Vietnam War era, most likely. But outside of that, it, it, none of this rings true to anything I recall at all. <laughs> so that leads us to uh, what, I, I, what, what could be termed as MacGyver's Joker, MacGyver's Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> if MacGyver is our superhero, he has to have the arch-villain the arch villain being Murdoch, <laughs> agent of Hit. Oh, agent of Hit! I don't know. I don't want to sit here and read all of uh, <laughs> all of Wikipedia, but there there's some pretty uh, pretty awesome descriptions of Murdoch, where it really boils down to he was an agent of some crazy assassin syndicate who, in the descriptions themselves, are just ludicrous. I mean, it's like he appeared in season one, and he got dropped out of a plane. And then he came back to life in season two, but then he got burnt in a fire. And then the episode we watch here, spoiler alert, but he's going to get blown up in a mine. (laughs) He's in a mine shaft! He's basically like a stooge. He can just take the meatball, you know, hammer to the skull, and he's okay. He just keeps it doesn't on, matter what you do to him. He just keeps on ticking no matter what happens. It, it all stems probably from the horror movies of the 80s when you could never kill the bad guy. You could never kill Jason or Michael Myers or Freddy. So Murdoch became that for MacGyver. He just kept showing up with scar, same scars on his face. And uh, he was something special, but character must have been like raiding gold or something like that, since he just keeps coming back season after season. Uh, yeah, but we always talk about that in our TV talks about how there was no continuity. Everything was just what do we do from week to week and who cares? That's the only thing I could think of where there was some sort of continuity <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> with Murdoch guaranteed to show up once a season with his scarred face and. Let's just see how he grotesquely supposedly dies this time. <laughs> he's okay, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fell into a meat grinder, but he's okay. 
So this show just straddled the line with that, with uh, with credibility, <laughs> not even logic, but credibility. Well, and I mean to say nothing about MacGyver getting out of how many different traps and situations with a, a pocket knife and a paper clip or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to line up our copies. I don't know what episode this is. I know it's from season, according to YouTube, I think it was season five. Um, and I'll have to look it up and maybe insert it before we, uh, before this recording begins. But as far as we know, outside of maybe Amazon Prime, I would doubt that there's any real way to get a hold of this episode. Unless maybe it's on Hulu. I didn't really do a whole lot of research just because I have this copy on DVD and I gave you a copy. Mm-hmm. But it, it might actually be on Hulu now that I think about it. They have some of these old stupid shows on there. And if you're watching along with us, it is Season 6, Episode 19, titled Strictly Business. It's on Hulu. In fact, the first five minutes is on YouTube. So we're going to press play right now. Ooh. All right, so we got MacGyver going up to his candles in the window. (laughs) Hey, I don't remember setting a full table (laughs) with a five-course meal and leaving the candles lit when I left this morning. That's quite odd. very (laughs) odd. Oh, my hockey ski gear. Hey, there's a bunch of food set up here for some reason. And this is going to be a recurring theme as we get later in the episode. Murdoch going overboard on setup (laughs) with no payoff whatsoever. (laughs) At least he took the time to, like, you know, really spend a lot of money on this. <laughs> all this food he's going to walk away from. <laughs> no, none of his neighbors notice him carrying all this shit in his and house. That shows how evil he really is. You've got to get into this. This gets pretty insane. And obviously there's some tie back to an earlier episode of MacGyver with Murdoch's sister or something. Yeah, if you're not familiar with this character or this episode or whatever, uh, basically Murdoch is MacGyver's nemesis, and he's known for these overly elaborate uh, <laughs> ways to try to get rid of MacGyver. That Useless. Go out of killing devices. To, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the essence of the Austin Powers Scott evil. Why don't you just shoot him now? <laughs> Which we will see here in a moment. <laughs> a pure example. Oh, dear. Yeah, this just gets increasingly batshit insane the further into it you go. And yet MacGyver sits down to talk to Murdoch as though they're friends. In fact, sitting right into a trap, literally. So this again proves MacGyver is not too bright. And that Murdoch also is not very bright because, my gosh, this man has had more opportunities to kill this guy. (laughs) But Uh we got to keep it interesting. Oh, look, I've got you now in a chair that's got, this is like something out of the Muppet movie. (laughs) It's got metal straps over the arms. Okay, so right now, i got to prove to hit that I'm still... A viable hitman. Oh, oh, I could have used a gun, but I'm going to use this Cupid statue instead. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason. Yeah, that will be the uh, mantra of the of the show here. For no reason, <laughs> this thing will now happen. 
I don't know. I, I guess if we wanted to be fair, if we wanted to give any kind of a, a acknowledgement to the writers, other than the fact they got to keep this thing going, um, you know, this idea that ooh, he likes to toy with his prey before he kills them isn't that more evil? But it just go- and the cameras there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently there was some sort of deal previous to this episode that we missed out on. Of I agree not to try and kill you, MacGyver, and something or another, but. Uh oh, he's gonna put some poison on his arrow for. <laughs> I believe this is probably the episode of television that Mike Myers watched and then wrote Austin Powers. Oh my gosh, this is like a setup for like a Scooby Doo trap. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he can't just like kill these people, he's got to record all of it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> get out of the chair kermit i mean macgyver <laughs> just flip the chair over or anything do something <laughs> i mean you're with the most incompetent hitman in the history of television do something and apparently that's all that Murdoch wanted is MacGyver to say, you win. So if Murdoch, if my, MacGyver just goes up to him just once and says, you win, you are the greatest person ever, he will never have to deal with this guy ever again. <laughs> okay, and yet again, you can just shoot him now. <laughs> You've still got the camera rolling. Now I can hunt you with a clear conscience. Yet I'm not going to shoot you because you're sitting right in front of me. <laughs> Again, he's so fiendish because he hunts his prey. And Mur- Murdoch's leaving the house. And uh, suddenly MacGyver's going to decide to go to the front window to catch him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so instead of killing him, what does Murdoch say? <laughs> Keep your head down, MacGyver! Keep your head down, MacGyver. It's, it's, it's more of a threat this way. <laughs> oh, Pete. Oh, the Phoenix Foundation. We've arrived. <laughs> Good old Pete Thornton. And apparently, apparently he's years ahead in virtual technology. He's, <laughs> he's just holding his thumbs out. holding his thumbs out like crazy, <laughs> like he's playing a video game. For no real reason. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. Was he like going blind or something? Yeah, I remember that. Is the that actor. is that what was going on with this? Yeah, the actual actor was going blind. Oh, the actor was. Okay. Yeah, so they wrote it in. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay, and MacGyver with his humongous cordless phone. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, oh yes. <laughs> That is quite the antenna on that thing. <laughs> it wasn't that long after the cell phone still had antennas. Anyway, so he's just uh, he's calling to let Pete know that Murdoch has shown up and is coming after him. <laughs> dun dun dun! Drama. <laughs> oh, we just want to know what the Phoenix Foundation was. <laughs> what, it was. What did you do? What? How did Pete get paid? <laughs> and, and and suddenly Murdoch is 
He's everywhere. <laughs> he, is, he suddenly he can't kill this guy for some reason. Uh, this might be the best part ever. <laughs> a Murdoch just standing in a truck with a bazooka. <laughs> We're out in the countryside now. He comes around this corner and boom. <laughs> How long has he been standing <laughs> on the back of that truck waiting for MacGyver to show up? He's been up there for eight hours just standing there. Every car comes. Oh, damn. You can go around. <sighs> but he waited. Rest in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but why did he wait so damn long to actually shoot the bazooka? What? Did, why did he take so long? <laughs> What did he just hit the gas tank? Shot like the front of the car. And so why the fuck did he just stand there for eight hours with a bazooka and not just shoot the second he saw MacGyver? Instead, he waited for MacGyver to back all the way up. Oh, wait, we got another big logic hole coming. <laughs> MacGyver got out. Oh, my oh God. what? He's not in the car? Well, fortunately, he, he left everything of value <laughs> right here on the side of the road. His money, which apparently he took out of his wallet, dumped all over the ground. His identification card. Even his Swiss Army knife is here. <laughs> it just somehow just completely fell out of every orifice and pocket he had. <sighs> Oh, MacGyver, you're bleeding. But how did you know to run? Now you don't know who you are. Of course you don't, because this is a trope, and he'll suddenly get it. Yes. Ah, television amnesia. Not amnesia. Amnesia. Television amnesia is the best ever. (laughs) Every doctor will tell you, I'm sorry, but if you got hit hard enough to have amnesia, you need to be in a hospital for the next two weeks. (laughs) immobilizing your skull (laughs) and it's not just going to come right back to you if you have enough amnesia that you can't remember your name and usually it comes back at a very convenient time which makes it even better of course Uh, why the hell was he driving out there in the first place (laughs) I think he was I think the idea was that oh I'm being hunted people around me aren't safe I'll get out of town and try to hide or try to get away so that he can't hurt other people or something. I think that's what was going on, but I don't really know. This is just pure silliness. <laughs> Mom, hurry. There's a bloody face. <laughs> there's a bloody weirdo <laughs> in <out> the yard. <laughs> bloody face mullet man's here. Bring out your shotgun, Mom. <laughs> I was just in an accident. Somebody shot a bazooka at my car. <laughs> now, wait, why would they why would they react that way to somebody just like coming onto their property? I mean, they have a campground. It's like guy could be coming to rent a cabin and she's out there. Oh, I'm going to pump you full of lead. Oh, this is such tropey 80s. And of course, that girl now is probably close to being a grandmother <laughs> that's the worst part <laughs> and then there's murdoch oh the worst <laughs> the worst assassin in the history <laughs> of assassins 
I'm a murderer, except I can't kill him when he's right in front of me. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but there's two women there who don't matter to me, but I can't kill them either. Oh, yeah, and he always rigs up these, like, ridiculous, ridiculous traps. That's why I can never kill anybody. <laughs> You gotta see some moments where MacGyver shows up too early. He's still working on his traps. Hang on, come back later. I still haven't set up on the tripwire. It's like if if Murdoch wanted another career, he should get a job setting up those big domino displays and <laughs> that <laughs> take like forty five minutes to knock them all down. Type of thing. That should be what this guy should be doing. Uh, he's just not good. It's it's a cat and mouse game, and MacGyver's gonna be fed on. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh... <laughs> I just get flashes of the explosion that somehow scarred the right side of my face, even though I just saw an image of myself not hitting anything on the right side of my face. <laughs> I don't Apparently. know why I, I don't know why I have a memory of the bumper of the car. <laughs> I couldn't even see it. <laughs> I was in the car. Why did I see the bumper go through the the guardrail from that angle? <laughs> I had an out of body experience where I saw myself leaning over the passenger seat from the small flames. <laughs> and of course, MacGyver's always got to help people, even when he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, MacGyver, he's such a good hero. I really do think Murdoch is just patterned after the uh, 80s serial killers, because here they are at a campground, and who's out there in the woods hunting them down? <laughs> <but> Murdoch. <laughs> That's a good point. We're at Crystal Lake, apparently. <laughs> Oh, Richard Dean Anderson, could you have taken a little more? Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, so this guy's horribly injured. I'm going to lock. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what in the how hell? Do prove, how do you prove that somebody is evil? Have them stealing food out of people's fridges. <laughs> in case you can't see this, you just have to imagine the wonder that is cutting away from a distraught MacGyver in a bed. To Murdoch eating chicken wings out of these people's fridge, <laughs> and then running out as the the mother and daughter come in. That's how evil Murdoch is. He's gonna raid their fridge. I'm just wondering why this lady locked MacGyver like in that cabin. What was the point of that? Or if that was just some sort of small joke between the actor who plays Murdoch and the director is you, you know how we should start this scene you should be eating crap out of their fridge <laughs> well it's been a long day you stand around <laughs> on that truck for so many hours you're probably hungry yeah that's the logic of the 80s <laughs> you were standing there just go raid their fridge it is all logical oh good he has MacGyver all to himself <laughs> a big ass silencer on a gun. Hey, acted like that little padlock on the door was like the <laughs> hardest <laughs> obstacle to ever overcome. <laughs> oh, look, the little girl has a secret passageway into the cabin. 
And since he's got the silencer on the gun, doesn't he just need to, I don't know, shoot into the room to kill (laughs) MacGyver and it's done? Instead, he's going to go through this incredibly elaborate (laughs) and useless scheme of redoing MacGyver's ID. Because he just happens to have a small enough photograph of himself to glue on in the middle of this woods. Fortunately, I have my license right here. (laughs) Oh, I keep remembering the scene of the bumper going through the guardrail. (laughs) Bumper, bumper. (laughs) The terror of the bumper through the guardrail. It's keeping me up at night, little girl. Why did the mom lock him in, though? She just doesn't trust him. Would you trust anyone with that hair? And this guy seems pretty immobile and (laughs) grievously wounded. I think I'll lock him up for no good reason. It just keeps bringing back your my favorite thing you ever said out of this episode. What was that? All these ID cards and (laughs) wallets are weighing me down. I gotta take them out. I gotta dump them out of my pockets now. (laughs) Well, that was some of the most strategically placed. Useful items ever. <laughs> well, my car may have blown up and I probably should have died in that horrible explosion, but uh, I had time to clean my pockets out. No one uh, no, no one could ever remake this ridiculous picture. This is just not going to work. This is probably the reason why I don't watch any of the procedural stuff that's on CBS. Because they have to fill 42 minutes with this kind of crap. We're just like, well, we got to have filler with these random day players we just brought in. Which are completely pointless. Yes, my name is Murdoch. Oh, uh, it's, MacGyver. It's, <laughs> it's the old vice versa switcheroo. Good thing he has hand over everything except for the, <laughs> the fake of him. <laughs> and how I'm a member of the Phoenix Foundation. You can't really see that though. And and why exactly would she know what that means? Yeah, I know. Wouldn't she just be like the what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're part of a like a charity organization or something? <laughs> That's usually what I think of when I think of foundation. Okay, well I didn't trust the guy who was all bloody and disabled who showed up here but you seem like a pretty straight shooter (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna go along with whatever you say because you he just seems to be (laughs) he seems to be the more well put together non-scarred face guy yeah (laughs) here let me give him a shotgun ah yes the age before cell phones (laughs) if the phone lines get cut there's no help amazing they can make horror movies nowadays all they do it's just every single person suddenly has no cell phone signal (laughs) the new cutting the cord problem yeah and yet we still have to have these ridiculously endless scenes of him talking to a little girl for some reason that he's never gonna see again (laughs) but he's gonna learn all about her backstory well, I got to find the one thing that you're lacking in your life so I can change that before this episode ends. <laughs> change it for the better because that's what I do. And uh 
Oh, uh, another great line. Right. <laughs> I recognize these cuts. It's a Murdoch handiwork. <laughs> you can tell that from these cuts in the wire? Really? This actress just must be like, I, I, I guess I got to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, what did you do? I was an actress. Ooh, fun. No, I did an episode of MacGyver. Hey, this was probably a get back in the day. Oh, I'm sure it was. It's like being on any one of the CBS hour-longs now. Hey, Murdoch just checked out the woman's ass just before they cut away. (laughs) 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 She's walking away, and he did a little peek down. It's not all about chicken wings, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really liking your mom jeans. (laughs) (laughs) I love that she has the exact same hair that he does. <laughs> She's got the same poop. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, they do kind of have the exact same haircut, don't they? I think they hired an actress just so they should. He should I think they got the hair. same pants, too, except for he just <laughs> tucked his into his military boots. I swear, if you looked at this screen too quickly when she just walked over into the corner, you'd think that was MacGyver. <laughs> her outfit and her hair. Why did she come in here? Oh, I believe Murdoch gave her some rigmarole craziness of going in and keeping him busy. Again, why don't he just kill the guy and just... He has a, uh, he has a, let's see, a bazooka. (laughs) And he's supposed to be a mercilessly hitman, evil villain. Yeah, Does this guy really care supposedly about- kills people for a living, and it's like he's got a guy alone in a cabin with just a mom and a daughter. It's like, just tie him up and do whatever you need to do to get rid of MacGyver. This isn't rocket science, dude. Or at the very <laughs> least, why does he care about these two women? <laughs> why does he just blow up the cabin and leave? Yeah. He has a working truck just up the road. Unless he burnt the battery down because he was standing. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, but it ran out of gas. (laughs) He was out there overnight. Oh, he is one of the good guys. Look, he's got a big, mysterious looking gun under his black leather coat and black turtleneck. He obviously is the hero of this picture. Now that everyone's seen my face, <laughs> no one will suspect after I kill this guy. <laughs> this guy is the worst assassin in the history of any picture. How did he? In turn? fact, why don't why don't you guys go up the road for a while and make some phone calls and <laughs> <laughs> go bring law enforcement, bring back more here. people here. <laughs> Go. Now that my fingerprints are all over the place and you've seen my face. and <laughs> Hurry up and go bring the cops. I think you really need to bring them here so that I can continue to be the worst assassin ever. <laughs> so that I won't kill the guy I'm supposed to kill and I will block every getaway I have. I don't know. Are they playing off the classic trope of he just can't do it because MacGyver completes him. <laughs> he is, he is. You think we were far enough away from the silly James Bonds of the 60s and 70s, and yet, nope, he's just essentially a Bond villain. He's Dr. <laughs> Evil. I want to put him in an easily escapable plot. <laughs> situation and uh, just expect that everything will go to plan. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> I 
here to the take hit band cometh <laughs> with his camera, his trusty camera, <laughs> which he's gonna do a setup. Now let's see, Mur- Murdoch's thing was he photographs everyone at the instant that they're shot, but what he's gonna do is he's gonna take this amnesiac Mac- MacGyver, set up a camera. And he's not going to have any film in the camera, and he's not going to have a gun hooked up to it. It's a good thing that he had the foresight to put that huge flash on there. (laughs) I just want you to see how this works. So let me point an empty gun at you so you can see that it takes a picture of you when you die. See, kablamo! (laughs) Now you're still here, so we need to talk some more. Why why don't you just shoot me now? Why are you still talking? <laughs> why did you go to the trouble of setting up your camera system with a blank? Why don't you put a bullet in there and actually shoot? Yeah, it's not like he really needs to explain this, especially okay, to a so, guy who has amnesia. <laughs> so right there, the girl distracts him with a knock at the door. But instead, Murdoch actually fired the gun because the flash went off, but there was no bullet. Murdoch actually pulled the trigger, and there was still no bullets in the gun. <laughs> so, uh, this guy is the world's worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that might have been a real one. Oh, wait, that was a blank. <laughs> Didn't hit anything. <laughs> Dang it. Uh. God. <laughs> oh, we're only halfway through this, and this is already too painful <laughs> to keep watching. <laughs> And this went on for seven seasons. <laughs> and this is their big get. Uh-oh. The stakes just got higher. Mom's been kidnapped by the real Murdoch. This is such an illogical setup to a <laughs> storytelling ever. Oh, I just can't think with my amnesiac head so uh oh back to the mine shaft (laughs) (laughs) so murdoch has got a elaborate i I can never tell did he actually have a plan that he was gonna end up in this mine shaft or he just has bomb gear with him in his backpack i don't know he tonally this whole thing just doesn't really work for this show because the show was all about, you know, light family entertainment type of thing. And you're trying to do a, you know, murderer here. But the only way that you can get around the whole family show, keeping the family show tone and everything like that, is to basically just turn him into an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the threat that's totally not a threat. This mine shaft is incredibly well lit for being out in the middle of nowhere. Uh oh. Easy Mac- to get in and out of, too, apparently. <laughs> Does MacGyver actually use a shotgun? Wait a minute. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> That's another reason this show probably could never get made today. The way the NRA is and everything. Well, it would be a good anti NRA show if they made a point of that, but. Even every Batman movie, it only takes two seconds for him to say, no guns, but everyone else in the show uses guns. Yeah, true. Yeah, this wouldn't have been made now, making such a big deal of loading two bullets into a rifle or a shotgun, whatever. 
That's a good question, though, about <laughs> was Murdoch just carrying all these supplies around just in case? <laughs> just in case I end up in a mine shaft, I'm going to have plenty of booby trap bombs to set up. I didn't bring any chicken wings. However, <laughs> I do have the following supplies. There was, there was no space in my backpack for a Slim Jim, but there was space for C4. Yeah, maybe he took all that money MacGyver left by the side of the road and went and bought some stuff. Just headed to the store, filled up his trunk full of bazooka and some bomb parts. Let's see. <laughs> Let's use the Swiss Army knife as a directional arrow. <laughs> Instead of just hiding behind a bush and shooting him in the skull, taking a picture of his dead body and leaving. And just push him off a cliff. You're out in the country, for goodness sakes. Why do you have to wire a mine shaft? <laughs> So ridiculous. Heck, they could have done what they what the Ewoks did in Return of the Jedi. Just had two logs come and smash him. I mean, we have a big elaborate plot to set up with this mine shaft. We're going to turn the lights on. Yeah, we had to wire up the power here, so he went and <laughs> did that. Must be like the most passive lady ever too, to sit here while that guy's doing all that, and she like doesn't even try to get out. <laughs> Really like, oh my gosh, I can't believe anybody would waste this much time. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's going to sit there and explain what all the booby traps do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Murdoch, tension, what is your tension? Oh, MacGyver, you can't shoot. And Murdoch knows that. He's so evil. <laughs> MacGyver can't fight the evil. <laughs> and suddenly... How, okay, how long has Man, Murdoch... he got everything <laughs> How long has Murdoch been in the this lights? Was he in there for like... Was he in there for nine hours setting this up? He somehow managed to tie her to the bottom of the elevator. He set up a spider web of booby traps. Guy is damn industrious. He could get, like, hired in lots of other fields. He I don't could, know why he's working so hard at he this. He could work for the Phoenix Foundation. And and we'll add to it. It's got to be the slowest burning <laughs> fuse ever. Fuse ever. Why? <laughs> I don't even have a good reason for making you do all of this. You come up with a reason. You're an amnesiac, so I don't want to kill you just by shooting you. I want to give you a chance to kill me and get away, God, which you always he, do. Why is he taking all this time to explain all this shit? As meanwhile, the fuse hasn't even moved. <laughs> he could very easily just knock everything down. The guy who, like leaves for a couple of days and comes back. Comes back with the army they slowly cut everything the fuse is still burning <laughs> yeah i get it murdoch is the exact opposite of macgyver so he does all his crazy setups for evil macgyver does all his crazy tricks for good oh my gosh the layers <laughs> as the fuse continues to burn for the next three months <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Mur Murdoch must have been in that mine shaft for three days setting this <laughs> crap up. <laughs> he's, 
I'm going to tie this woman to the bottom of the elevator. I'm going to wire the whole thing for power. I'm going to set up these booby trap spider webs. I'm going to... Uh, if, it's, if it's completely impractical, this guy is the shit. But <laughs> if uh, it's just getting something done and getting a point across, he can't pull that off. And then, of course, there's the thing that every MacGyver episode was famous for, which we're in now, is the MacGyver's got to take random things he's got and figure out some scientific way around them and so they play the music and it's a humongously long drawn out sequence of silliness (laughs) because most of this stuff would not be possible (laughs) somewhere bill nye the science guy is groaning I mean, it's, it's just like the precursor to all modern video games. It's just set up traps just for the sake of having set up traps. <laughs> like, there's no logic to any of these episodes. There's no narrative logic to these episodes, that's for sure. None whatsoever. Dukes at Hazard had more narrative logic in their episodes <laughs> than this. At least it knew what kind of ridiculous show it was making. Well, that's what I'm saying. The tone of this just doesn't work it's the high drama of the slowest moving fuse still hasn't gotten there thank god murdoch gave him enough time to get all this done (laughs) yeah why isn't he uh never mind (laughs) <laughs> i keep trying to put logic to this that's there is none i'm gonna lose i'm just not gonna finish the thought uh, let's see i could cut off the fuse <laughs> and of course murdoch at time in <laughs> right out <laughs> r.i.p macgyver he had plenty of time to do that oh geez you're right he must have been in there for and now it's the uh, the montage. It's the montage of all the times this guy should have died, and yet he's still here. <laughs> oh, so Murdoch's a good guy. He's really a doctor. <laughs> it's death therapy, Bob. <laughs> a guaranteed cure. And again, the worst assassin ever. <laughs> yes, this is just... Just silliness. <laughs> you know, I had that like original series Star Trek music going over this fight. Again, you would have thought they would have been so much further along in the way they told stories in the 80s. And I luckily hit the one spot in the mine where a bunch of wonderfully placed rocks land on Murdoch. Count for the paper rocks. So MacGyver had a pocket knife. He walked right past a fuse, and instead of cutting the line that the fuse is going, he decided to try and outpace it. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that about sums up this episode. It's, oh, for God's sake, what the hell? <laughs> I do not find you threatening at all. As Murdoch slowly rises from the rocks. Rises rock. out of the styrofoam rocks. Holy. <laughs> this is the epitome of ridiculous. <laughs> and the 
lady can beat him up. <laughs> and the lady takes one kick. Murdoch's done. And while two hands are literally tied behind her back. Oh, and it's just going to be a happy accident that does him in or does it. <laughs> Stop throwing the knife. <laughs> <laughs> Murdoch is sucked down a mine shaft. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it's going down a fucking mine shaft. <laughs> MacGyver is the worst hero ever because he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing to save himself or this woman. The woman did everything, and Murdoch was an idiot. Uh, yep, MacGyver's our hero. He's our guy. It just seems like the writers of these shows were in a point of, I don't give a shit. <laughs> just, sure, this was the epitome of the for some reason writers. <laughs> and then this happens. <laughs> for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't find him. That means that we've got more comedic gold to come. <laughs> uh, if only I could find the episode where Murdoch went after him with a flamethrower. <laughs> they had that little <laughs> clip of him doing it. All I could think of was Hank Scorpio. Uh, and Henry Winkler, producer. Come on, Fonzie, you can get behind something better than this. Yeah, but I'm sure he made good money off of this. So, uh, And that's the end of that painful painful episode <laughs> of television from the 1980s unnecessary yeah sometimes you just don't want to go back <laughs> <laughs> and that was wow just why did everyone like that so much and why does it stick around so long it's such a wonderful uh, the just just the the logic or lack thereof through the whole thing it's just astonishing all right, so putting it in our own parlance, could this be made today, and what would be done to be made make this today? I mean, you'd you'd obviously have to upgrade this backstory we just learned that he was a Vietnam vet. You'd have to upgrade it to like Persian Gulf vet. I hate to say it, but you either have to go like full on meta, like Twenty One Jump Street kind of reboot to make redo this, or make it like realistic make it more like serious and practical well and obviously we have to give credit to the fact that there was an attempt at going meta crazy with mcgruber true which you know people shit on that movie but there are some moments in that movie that are quite funny but i don't know if you actually could that mcgruber was making fun of the the famous trope side notes of this show the 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 hair the no guns, the eightiesness of it. But I mean, if you just said, okay, there's a a guy who was a really like smart science major who was a bomb diffuser in, in Afghanistan in 2002, and which is that's kind of ridiculous to think about. That's the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, because this this show started in the mid-80s, and it would have been if he was in Vietnam. That's the equivalent of going back to Afghanistan. Going back about that far, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. 
So if you have <laughs> if you have a bomb diffuser from the Hurt Locker, <clears throat> just Jeremy Renner was supposed to be MacGyver, and we decided <laughs> not to make that. But if you had somebody who was anti-gun, who was recruited by some secret organization and play up the secret organization as more than just saying, well, it's a foundation and he works for the government, something or another. Just I don't, I don't think they could get away with, um, I don't know, you, you might disagree with this, but I don't think they could get away with some of the BS science stuff that they do in here. Yeah, because it all takes too damn long. <laughs> there, there would definitely have to be a way to speed up this process and in the caffeinated world that we live in now there's no way that what we just saw of approximately three minutes of screen time with music humming him trying to put broken up bullets onto a knife blade in order to break through wires a trip wire no the, the audiences today would be like can he just pull up an app on his phone that says disable tripwires or something. Oh yeah. Plus they'd be looking up this go, wow, can you actually do that? And the answer of course would be no. And then they'd be like, Oh man, this thing sucks. So I guess what we're saying is, is that hindsight of MacGyver is unless you do a MacGruber joke, (coughs) this is a product of its time and may not be able to be done again. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a reboot of this personally, but Stranger things have happened. It certainly is ripe for a better, uh, I, I think, a better comedic take on it than MacGruber did. Like using the actual materials from the the show we just watched and making a, a spoof comedy now, I think could be done so much better than what MacGruber did. You you could actually just use the Murdochs and. And the foolishness <laughs> that goes along with the show and do a Brady Bunch movie type thing where, again, MacGruber kind of did that because MacGruber lived in the 80s. He drove around in a 1980s sports car in modern day. He listened to 80s rock. So he never kind of came out of that. And that's kind of like what the Brady Bunch movies did in the 90s is they just posited those people out of time into the modern era and do what you will, but I, I, it would, I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine if you like kept this mindset and you did this as it was done, as it was done the way that we just watched it. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't, you just can't do it anymore. It's just not, even those CBS dramas have a ton more logic than this ever could. I go back to the theory that everyone who were kids who watched this crap grew up to be writing on shows now and realized, oh, we can't make logic gaps like that. We actually have to explain things, no matter how ridiculous. I really think you nailed it with that comparison to um, kind of the Jason Freddy model (laughs) of storytelling slash horror with the Murdoch character in this episode and everything of, well, motivation doesn't matter. Logic doesn't matter. Eh, some stuff happens and yeah, those movies were all about wins and whatever. Those movies were all about, let's see the kill. <laughs> well, this was all about people just want to see Murdoch set up some crazy things. So MacGyver can do his crazy science stuff to get around it without a gun. The end. The end. Except for falling down a mine shaft. <laughs> <laughs> 
after crawling out from under the styrofoam <laughs> <Set> rocks <laughs> with his big switchblade knife. Okay, so he had a big knife that popped out of his wrist or something. <laughs> Why haven't you used that before now? Yeah, and how exactly would he have been able to function beforehand with this huge Bowie knife on his right Oh my forearm? gosh, yeah, that thing was like longer than his forearm. <laughs> he would not have been able to bend his wrist without stabbing straight into the point of that knife. <laughs> So where exactly were you hiding this knife this whole time? What a joke. Sleeves all cut up. (laughs) You hiding something there? There's no practicality to put to this episode. It was just pure silliness from beginning to end. Uh, So yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think MacGyver unless you treat it extraordinarily seriously and try to do MacGyver for modern age. But really, really, really serious. Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you wanted to like play it up and give him more to do with, um, you know, put some parameters on what the hell the Phoenix Foundation is, first of all, um, or a job send, description. Give MacGyver yeah. an actual job description outside of he just has a, a business card that says adventurer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I work for the Phoenix Foundation. Oh, well, you're okay. <laughs> what you on? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just have it redo that scene where the woman's starting to ask him, "What is the Phoenix Foundation?" But Murdoch <laughs> just keeps talking right over. Her. <laughs> he rolls right past it. Work for the Phoenix Foundation, huh? And you're in trouble. I okay. <laughs> I mean, you could do it potentially. And put a I, little bit of sarcastic humor in there, but I don't see how you could redo it now. Yeah, but I mean, you you would have to you would have to send him out on some actual like bigger ramifications than uh oh this lady might not get as much business at her summer camp <laughs> or something because we happen to end up there. Because remember, the uh, most horrific flash of my life as I'm on my deathbed will be. Bumper through a, a guardrail. <laughs> oh my god, it's the most horrific thing I could ever think of. Oh, I can't even lay down. <laughs> my head hurts too much from thinking about that. <laughs> thinking of a car sort of sliding through a guardrail and coming to a stop. Oh man, that's horrific. All right, and he didn't come from that far away. I mean, his car got blown up by a freaking bazooka. Wouldn't that make some noise? Wouldn't wouldn't they have heard something? And it, it didn't even. That's the best part is that the bazooka barely hit the front corner of his car. And but I mean, that was like a massive explosion <laughs> on there. You're gonna hear that. Or she would have heard from the local town folk who came down from earlier in the day, saying, "Yeah, there's some nut job standing up on the road in the back of a pickup truck with a bazooka." <laughs> Letting this, people pass. There's this burned out hulk of a car. <laughs> I wonder if the injured guy could be from the car. Some guy who's been up on the back of the pickup truck since 9 a.m. Standing there pointing at every car that comes up the hill with a bazooka. No. No, no you're not him. Move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Uh, just the interstitial scenes with Murdoch sitting at the back of the truck eating a sandwich. <laughs> Wish I had some chicken wings. <laughs> what I could really go for now is chicken wings. 
Oh my god. <laughs> it just gets worse the more I think about it. It really does. This is a painful experience. And thank you, listeners, for hearing us uh, go through, so you don't have to, this painful experience of MacGyver watching. This show was garbage. Uh, it just was not a good television show. Uh I don't think it should be rebooted. I think it should no, be left, left no. to the annals of history and let's come up with something new. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right, well. All right, well, but seek out this episode. It's it's worth a watch, if nothing else, just to uh, let you in on the joke here. Yes, Okay, so that is the hindsight of MacGyver in a very small nutshell, meaning one episode is enough to tell us that this show doesn't belong in modern parlance anymore. Mercy, we've seen enough. <laughs> yes, don't have to watch seasons of this show to realize this was ridiculous. All right, well, that is a hindsight for the week. Enjoy. Yay! Thank you, Senor MacGyver. You've saved our village. Don't thank me. Thank the moon's gravitational pull. Then MacGyver's a genius. First of all, he's not a genius. He's an actor. And second, he's not much of an actor. You're lying. You're lying. No, Selma, this is lying. That was a well-plotted piece of non-claptrap that never made me want to retch. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. What did I miss? MacGyver was wearing a tank top. Dang. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Best MacGyver ever. Mm-hmm. Richard Dean Anderson will be in my dreams tonight. Okay, but... Ah! Selma, I don't know what to say. Just tell me you like MacGyver. Very well, I... I... I can't do it! Even that car chase seemed tacked on! <laughs>